Hi guys, welcome back to the Adaptive Zone podcast. My name is Matthew Boyd. I'm a physiotherapist and running coach. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to like and subscribe. And if you're so inclined, share it with a friend. Today, we're going to be talking with my personal favorite client, Chris. Chris, welcome to the show. Thanks, Matt. Good to be here. And Chris, cool. It's, Chris is going to be sharing a little bit about his story and troubles with knee pain today and uh, his, his journey in running. So, uh, Chris, could you start by just introducing yourself and tell us a little bit about your background in running? Sure. Yeah. Um, so my, my running journey started back in 2010. So that would have been my late twenties. And I, I started distance running after volunteering at the local marathon. I was working the finish line and saw everybody finish the line, finish the marathon and, um, and saw how inspired and energized it was to to complete the feat, <clears throat> and so that got me thinking, you know, maybe I could do that. So later on that year, I joined our local um, running clinic and started training for a half marathon, and uh, ran my first half marathon. Did okay. I, I had some goals, and I met those goals, and then it was on to the next goal. And as it often goes with with running, I I caught the running bug, and I started I started training for full marathons. That was the next challenge ahead of me. <clears throat> so, um, after training for fulls, I I realized that, right, rather I discovered that if I trained hard, I was faster than the average person. I I was nowhere near elite by any means, but um, qualifying for the Boston Marathon was well within reason. So. That became my my new goal, and so after two years of hard training <clears throat> and near misses to reach my Boston qualifier, I eventually met the qualifying standard and was able to run uh, the Boston Marathon in 2013. Um, and then after that, I managed to maintain that standard and run the Boston Marathon five years in a row, which was um, you know an incredible. Um, goal, or not an incredible, but a, a goal of mine to, you know, maintain a standard and you know, run this, this prestigious race as much as I could. Uh, so as I, as I reached six, seven years of training, I, uh, I was happy with where I had come with my running. Um, but as a competitive person, as most runners are, I, I didn't want to settle. I wanted, I felt like I was plateauing a little bit. Um, what was nice for the way I trained is I, I trained consistently and I managed to not get injured, um, but I never really changed my training program in any drastic way. And so when I felt myself hitting this plateau, I wanted to switch things up to see if more was possible uh, in terms of speed and, and, um, you know, setting new marathon goals. And so around 2020, 2021, I decided to change my program and do high mileage training, high volume training. I went from weekly mileage of 70 to 80 kilometers a week to 120 to 140. And I would say at first it was going really well. I had built up a strong base and I, uh, I was improving and I, my, my body was holding up well. And I did that for about a year. 
and I had run a marathon, but the marathon that I had run wasn't a breakthrough marathon. It wasn't the 245 that I was going for, but I felt like I was on the right track. And so I, I stuck with the program and, and after about 13, 14 months, I started to feel a little, little pinch in my knee. And um, I knew, I knew that as doing this high mileage, uh, there would be, um, I would eventually have to come face to face with the accumulation of mileage. And uh, I did like what most runners would do again. I, I decided to back off on my mileage just for a short period of time and, and take breaks just to give my knees a rest. And then I would go back at it. But when I would go back at it, the knee pain would come quicker and, and more intensely than it did previously. So it would limit how far and how fast I would be able to run. Um, but I stuck with it and I started searching for ways to, to fix the, the knee. And, you know, I went to YouTube, went to Instagram. There's all types of influencers out there. I, I did the knees over toes guy. He's a pretty popular guy when you have knee, knee injuries. Or knee issues, and I was looking for the quick fix. Quite honestly, um, I didn't. Chris, can I can I circle back for a sec, just because we had yeah. a bit of a connection and um, issue. Just as you said, you did sure. something. Yeah, you, you said you looked at Instagram and YouTube, and you you came across something, and then you said, "I did this," but then we didn't catch that bit, and I, I thought that might be relevant. So, what was it? Sure. I mean, I I, I did a bu bunch of research as we do, and. <clears throat> and tried out these different exercises, <clears throat> excuse me. I tried out these various exercises and programs. Uh, there's a influencer quite famous with knee injuries. His, he's a knees over toes guys, knees over toes guy, if you've heard of him. And I tried his program for a little bit and I wouldn't say what I was uh, finding online was wrong. But what I needed was more of a focused program. I needed um, something that was more geared towards long-term long sustainable uh, strength as opposed to a quick fix. And when you go down the rabbit hole of, of looking for solutions online, that's what you're sold on are these mm -hmm. quick fixes. And if you are... If, 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 you're, if your goal is to get better for the long term and continue, you know, growing in your running career, you have to, you have to step back from that and understand that it's, it's going to be a longer, longer road to health than what I think we want to as runners. As runners, we want to, you know, put a, put a plug in the hole and then, and then get back to running. And then once the next plug shows up, put another plug in the hole and eventually you just have, you know, continuing that analogy, like a boat full of plugs and eventually it bursts. And then, you know, that's when I reached my breaking point. So that's kind of how things went. And and then I, I ran a marathon. Um, it was probably the worst marathon I've ran. Um, and unfortunately it was the New York city marathon, which should have been the, the greatest marathon um, to that I've experienced, but when you're running in pain and your fitness isn't there, you can't appreciate uh, everything around you. And you, you spend more time suffering and in your head than, you know, 
outside, soaking it all in. And so it was at that point I decided I, I need some real help. And oh, Matt, are you still there? I am, Chris. I just switched us to low data mode because I was uh, getting some choppiness. So I can still hear you just fine and everything's recording okay. But um, yeah, okay. you won't be able to see me for a little bit. <clears throat> okay, sounds good. Uh, yeah, if we need to reschedule, I'm happy to do that too. I, th I think we're good. Uh, you were saying about your experience with the New York City Marathon. Yeah, it was uh, after that negative experience. I hate to admit it. I, I reached my breaking point. And I decided I needed to see, I needed to get some real help. And I did a bit more research on uh, physiotherapists and stumbled across your name. So that's how I, I came connected to you. So at that point in time, how long had these knee issues been going on? I would say the knee issues were going on for about a year, hmm. uh, maybe a little less. I, uh, like I said, I, I tried. I tried, um, I tried finding other ways to fix the issue. Nothing was helping. Um, tried the wrestling, tried, you know, other physiotherapy studios. Um, but I, I, I was, I wasn't able to find the longer term solution that allowed me to get back to the, the type of training that I wanted to do. So, so what, it was on and off for about a year. To during that year, what kind of training were you able to do? Well, I was working with my running coach who had me on the high volume, high mileage training. Uh, he was giving me workout programs and it was a modified version of that. So if he was giving me, you know, 120 kilometers a week, I was maybe doing 60. Mm, so you're only able to do about half what your coach thought was uh was recommended for your yeah. goals. Right. Yeah. That's, that's unfortunate. Yeah. And it was a, it was a bit of denial. You know, you, you you try to stick with the program as much as you can. You say tomorrow is going to be a better day or next week is going to be a better week. Hmm. Um, but eventually those missed workouts and um, lies start to accumulate week over week. And then you look back and you realize that you, you really haven't done the training that was prescribed to you because your body didn't allow you to do it. Yeah, yeah. And... In terms of rehab, you said you tried some stuff. What kind of things were you trying, like in a in a sort of sense of what were you asked to do and what were you doing, and and how did that go? Well, uh, oh gosh, there were so many different things that I I experimented and tried. Uh, <clears throat> well, I'll go back to the knees over toes subscription that I had, and uh, a lot of the workouts are you know, knee squats or squats on your tippy toes at different angles, tire pulls, like sled pulls, mm. that kind of thing. Um, so I did a bit of that program. Truthfully, I didn't last on it for very long because it just wasn't very practical for me to do. And I I didn't really know if it was getting me closer towards my running goals. Mm -hmm. Okay. I, I did some YouTube videos. A lot of them were like five to 10 minute pre-workout drills to help warm up your knees. Yep. Those really didn't make a difference at all, but you know, I was doing something and went to other physiotherapy studios where they would do like scraping and deep tissue massage, which 
again, I think it, it relieved my knee in the moment, but the moment I started running again and reaching, you know, certain distances, say, you know, 45 minutes into my run, the knee injury, knee injury just reappeared. So mm. yeah. nothing that was really fixing my knee for the long term. Yeah. Yeah. See, so it sounds like in your search for things that would address the issue, um, you were trying to continue with the training program that your coach was giving you, but you were only able to do about half of it. And that in terms of like addressing the pain and the problem, you were doing uh, some things that were like warm up kind of pre-run uh, drills and routines and some stuff that was more um, like part of a program of exercises to um, improve the situation, it sounds like. But the sense I'm getting is that you weren't sure if those things were helping or not. And that, that sort of led you to not really commit to them long term. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And then is that around the time that we met? Yeah. Yeah. Like I mentioned earlier, after I ran a New York City Marathon in November, I took about a month to consider my options. And it was either, you know, continue running in this way, maybe a bit more slowly and with knee pain, or start to work with a professional therapist, get on a program, get with somebody who knows what they're doing. and. Um, you know, reset my goals and, and, and try to get back to where I was. I was also on this, uh, call it age. What is the word I'm looking for? This is the part that we're going to have to cut out, <laughs> Matt. But, um, you know, I was also approaching 40. I was also approaching 40. And, you know, we'll stuff starts to get in your head, like, how is biology going to play a role in and how fast I can run. You yeah. know, there's there's plenty of studies out there that suggest once you reach a certain age that your body just naturally slows down. And um, I didn't really want to accept that, but maybe that was the, the fate I had. Mm. So okay. I um, I wanted to make sure that I gave everything I had into continuing along my running journey and my goals. So that's why I decided to come to you. Okay. And it sounds like you were like this New York City Marathon was, um, wasn't a great ex experience for you because of this pain. So can you tell us a bit about how you were feeling after that event? Yeah, I think when you run these big races or, I mean, you could say any marathon in general, you want to put on a, a brave face. You want to you project this idea of, hey, I did something, I did something monumental. I'm proud of it, and and that should be enough. And so that's that was sort of my my way of dealing with it. I again, like running the New York City Marathon or any marathon in general, is a huge feat. And for the majority of the population, running a marathon is like, wow, you did something amazing. <clears throat> but for me as a runner, having invested over a decade into running having some pretty lofty goals and then having to deal with injury, lack of fitness and a, a finish time that was almost 50 minutes slower than what I'm accustomed to running. Mm. I, I don't want to go as far as depressed, but you know, it definitely takes a mental toll when you feel like you've let yourself down 
running is part of my identity. And when I start to slow down or when I'm injured, you feel like you're losing a bit of your identity in that. So that was a real mental battle um, to come to terms with that. But then, you know, what option do you have? Do you stop running? Well, that's not an option to me. So let's continue running in pain Mm. unless I can figure it out. So, Mm. yeah, there was a a range of emotions. But, you know, deep down inside, I knew how I I felt. and And that's what drove me to look for real answers instead of the quick fixes. So you were looking at that point for something that was designed to be a little less immediate and uh, because you you had tried things that were supposed to work quickly and they just didn't seem to be working. Exactly. Okay. And then how are you feeling about the future? You know, if you're, cause this was 2022, end of 2022, how are you feeling about, you know, 2023 and 2024? Did you see yourself sort of coming back and getting back to normal or were you more, you know, pessimistic than that? Oh no, I was definitely pessimistic. Um, you know, based on what I had done and researched, I just wasn't sure. I just wasn't sure if there was a solution to my knee problems. Again, as I discussed earlier, I wasn't getting any younger. Um, but I, I figured, you know, I'm not quite done with this running thing. And let's give it one more shot to mm. see if working with a different physiotherapist would allow me to continue going after my goals. And so, you know, while I was pessimistic, there is that hint of optimism that you have. Yeah. Um, that things will get better. And and that's why I decided again to come to see you to just, you know, can you diagnose my my issue, which you were able to do really, really quickly. Um, and will would the program that you give me would put me on allow me to see incremental growth, into incremental um health mm, cool and so and i was really approaching it in a sort of week by week yeah. month by month basis because i didn't want to get my hopes up I, i've been injured for close to two years and you know would this be any different i don't know mm. so tell us about like that sort of first meeting me and then that diagnosis and, and what your memories are of that experience yeah well hmm it's a good question because this is going to challenge my memory, which isn't so great right now. But <laughs> um, yeah, what was it? I think the way I mean, we did our 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 typical or your your tip. I would say your typical assessment, trying to uh, pinpoint what the problem is through you know different exercises you would put me through and, and questions you would ask needed to describe where the pain was in questions like is it a sharp pain is it more of a dull pain Um, when does the pain appear Uh, does it appear do you have issues walking up the stairs like walking around or is it a pain that you only uh, feel when you are running and so i think through that through that diagnosis in our initial interview we were able to really get directly to the issue at hand, which was something I couldn't do on my own. Um, and it was at that point that the way you were able to explain the problem really started to open my eyes that, okay, so at least now we know what the problem is. Mm-hmm. And if we know what the problem is, we can now, you know, start to work towards the solution. So 
I was a bit more optimistic after that first meeting, although I wasn't ready to fully, you know, buy in until I started seeing those real real results. What was your, uh, what are you on? What was your interpretation of what the problem was? The ambiguous term of runner's knee. <laughs> <laughs> whatever, whatever that means. Uh, also, you know, uh, what, what is the term again? The, the overuse, the... Like a repetitive stress injury? This. Yeah, repetitive stress, like, but I didn't know. Uh, there's, there's lots of things in the knee, lots of parts and, and ligaments and bones and muscles that as a, as a, as a non, sorry, as a non-trained medical expert, I just, I don't know. You, you, you read a lot of things online, but you don't know exactly if that applies to you and you just sort of do a bit of generalization and then you, you, you self-diagnose, then you start working on what you think you need to work on. But I didn't know, honestly. And then after our session, because my impression was that it was your patella tendon that was hurting. So the, this for the listener is the, the tendon that connects your thigh muscle, your quadriceps muscle to the, to the shin. Did that, did that make sense for you? Or were you like, I don't know, I'm still, I'm not sure. <laughs> no, it made absolute sense. Uh, you described it as patella tendinopathy. Um, you, as I mentioned, you had you had asked some questions and diagnosed the issue during the appointment, which was really helpful. Um, but then what was even more helpful is you sent some follow-up uh, information, uh, both, you know, uh, research that was available online, as well as, I believe, a, a podcast interview that you had done with an expert. Oh, yeah. And after listening to that content, and reading those articles, I was convinced that it was exactly my problem. Mm. Yeah, I probably I could think I could remember this series of articles. I said, yeah, it's my uh, tendinopathy series that it's a it's a bit of a read. It's a bit of a tome, but I, I think it uh, it needed to be. Do you know what I mean? Yes. To, for people who have tendon issues to, to get that and be like, oh, yeah, that's me. You know, I think that's really, really helpful because then you're like, like you say, yeah. you know what you're up against then. And I think the big thing for the listener here is that tendons are slow. So I probably said that exact phrase to you, Chris, I say it to everybody who I think has a tendon issue, um, tendons are slow, they take months, and then sometimes into maybe not years, but more than one year to fully resolve. So if you're looking for something that's going to have an effect in days, or I mean, weeks, yes, but plural, not one or two weeks, then you're going to be frustrated and you does need to have that um, element of progression to it. But I don't want to kind of get too much into my thoughts of it because I'd like to kind of go th through from your perspective. So we we sort of talked about what I thought was wrong. And, you know, I sent you some information that seemed to be resonating in terms of it sounded like you. So that's giving you a little bit of hope and you're buying in a bit. But then the, the symptoms aren't any better at that point at day one. So how did the first, say, let's say, four weeks or month, how did that go for you, as you remember? Yeah, uh, what I really what really connected with me when we talked about what what does a program need to look for me is the concept of breaking up the year into training seasons. So knowing that my marathon would likely my next marathon would likely be 
the fall of the following year, <clears throat> we would treat, in January is when we started working together, we would treat this first quarter of the year as off-season. And so uh, what I recall, uh, uh, the focus of the off-season was more of a focus on uh, building, building and strengthening those weak muscles and reducing mileage. So getting back to the gym, um, doing the things that I neglected to do for, well, my whole running career. So um, lots of gym time, getting reacquainted to strength training, um, leg extensions, deadlifts, leg presses, squat jumps, all of the above, and going about three days a week. Um, and then it would be three days at the gym, two to three days of running, likely three days of running, recovery type runs, 45 minutes just to move the legs, mm. but really toggling the, the switch towards strength building, um, working my glutes, working my hamstrings, quads, all of those things. So, um, you know, ultimately they can support the issues I was feeling in my knee. And then you said, um, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, that was uh, that was basically it. it. It took some getting used to it at first. Uh, going to the gym for the first time in a very long time is a little intimidating, but once you get into the routine of going to the gym, it's uh, it was quite nice. It was nice to change from you know just straight running and and, and nothing else. Especially because your your running has been going so poorly, it's almost like let's just do something else. Like it's to get me back to running, but it's just like it must have been nice to have something else to focus on that you can actually do. Because as I recall, you weren't really Absolutely. limited that much with the, with the pain when we were doing the gym work. I may be remembering incorrectly, but I don't remember you no. having a ton of pain that was limiting how much we could load you. Yeah, no, not at all. Um, it wasn't the pain. It was more the, the strength yeah. <laughs> of my muscles. And I started with lower weight and over, t over time and, and more quickly than I expected, I was able to add more weight and put more, more stress on those muscles around that knee, which was nice. It was really only when I ran and when I ran to a certain point that I would start to feel those knee problems. Mm. But in the gym, I was completely fine. It was, it was awesome. And then, so we're in about like a month or so, and you were saying you were kind of op cautiously optimistic, but hoping to see some steps in the right direction. So did you start to see that? Any indications that things were improving? <clears throat> I mean, it was still early. I would say maybe two to three months mm. in, I started to feel a bit more optimistic. I should also mention that um, we had our original plan, if you recall, was to was for me to work with you as a physiotherapist and strength train, uh, with the goal to get my body strong enough so I could then work with my original coach, who I felt um, quite loyal to. Um, but through our conversation, I, uh, you explained that, you know, strength training is one part of it, but running coach is the other part that needs to go hand in hand if, if we really want to, you know, get you where you want to, where you, where you want to be. Um, <clears throat> so that, that made a lot of sense to me. So I, we, we agreed to have you do a running program for me as well. And, and that was the other half that, uh, that helped me get back or 
got me back on on track there because you started to reintroduce a lot of the things that I stopped doing over the years, like hill training, um, which was another form of strength training. I started to work more like limited speed work into my runs on top of the recovery runs that I mentioned earlier. And the combination of the strength training, um, the, the, the speed work, the hill training, and the consistent running, my knee started to eventually, that, that threshold where I felt like my knee was hitting a breaking point, started going higher and higher and higher. Um, and that's when I started to feel that, hey, I, I think things are moving in the right direction finally. Mm, yeah. And the, the reasoning for that, and this is this is part of the trouble with traditional approaches to rehab, and this is the struggle I had um, working in the clinic, and it's exactly what I sort of verbalized to you, is that you let's say you have someone with a tendon issue, and you're controlling the loads on the tendon in the gym, and then you're controlling the loads on the muscles to make them stronger so they can handle more, again, in the gym. But then you've got this whole other amount of load. So all of the running, and in terms of how fast, how often, how frequently, how long, that's not being managed, right? So a lot of runners will do really good rehab in terms of the um, tendon exercises and that kind of thing, but there's there's not much help or guidance in using the running as the rehab. So how, how are you controlling that load and moving it up and down and using things like hill sprints to stimulate tendon adaptation? And that's why when I said to you, like, I need to have control of that side as well, at least to get you back to the place where you can go back to normal training, because I can't bridge that gap with you just in the gym. Did that, did that make sense at the time? And does it make sense now? Yeah, 100%. Uh, I would also add to that, that it's not a linear journey as much as we want it to be where you do strength and you do running and everything just you know, moves gradually upwards and, and then you're magically there. Within each phase of training, there's there's ups and downs. So, uh, you know, as I was introducing speed work and hill training, I would have some solid weeks and then weeks where I wasn't feeling so good. And, I, and that's where communication with the coach is so important to then allow your body to recover, um, be it a week or two weeks so that you can get back on track and, and get back to, you know, the program that was designed for you so you know there was a lot a lot r reminds me a lot of like a stock market graph mm. where there'd be you know upward trajectory sort of accumulation but there'd be little dips throughout yeah. and it's it's managing those little dips in each cycle of training um with the sort of grander grander goal in perspective yeah nice that's a, that's a really nice analogy that stock market graph that everyone's accountant shows them when they start freaking out so, <laughs> with i had a couple of freakouts with yep, you if you remember yeah, and that, that's <laughs> i see that as part of my job sometimes yeah. is just to say no just stay the yeah. course like we back off a little bit and then carry on like it's it doesn't mean it's not working if you expect it then it's like six six steps forward two steps back four steps forward one step back like it's that's what we're looking for <clears throat> Yeah, and that would be, you know, going back to the the pessimistic attitude I have when I would have those setbacks, I would then question, are mm. we on the right program? But then being on the other side, 
of the program and just keeping the faith helps me see that helps me see exactly what we're talking about. If you stay the course, you'll get there. It just requires a lot of trust and faith in the beginning. Mm. And then once you're through the experience, you, you can then reflect and go, yeah, that was, that was the right decision. And that's why you have to understand what the problem is and why the plan is the way it is and also have your expectations aligned. So like if we're saying this is going to take months, then that makes sense when you hit a flare up that I'm not saying, oh, we need to change the plan. I'm saying, no, this is expected. This is going to take months. Remember I said, this is going to take months. This is taking months. And I think that having that longer term perspective is difficult if you're expecting things to improve in a few weeks. Now, not all running conditions take this long, but tendons do. And especially if you've had trouble for, you know, well over a year, you are looking at three, six, nine months of getting it back to normal. So at this point, we've probably come through um, the winter and we're, we're getting towards the spring. And it sounds like you can do more, mm-hmm. more training now, although not as much as you were doing before. Can you talk us through that kind of next phase and into the springtime? Yeah, so going back to the seasons that I I had mentioned earlier, there was the off season that we had just gone through and when I started working with you. Um, and then there was like the preseason, and then there's race season, and then there's the recovery. So I would put where we're at in the year uh, pre-spring, that preseason race season phase. And so with the preseason phase, it was continuing to strength train in the way that I had in the previous phase. But then now we're going to introduce a little bit more mileage to build my base. Um, and through the work that I did with the off season, my body was well prepared to take on the, both the strength load and the running load where, um, the transition from one phase, one phase to the next felt quite natural. And I didn't shock my body. And thankfully I didn't re-aggravate my knee where it became an issue. So yeah, a little bit longer running, uh, workouts, what was once 45 minute workouts, they were then 60 minute workouts, and then continuing to add to my speed and hill workouts. And I just, I, I think through that natural progression, my, my body just adapted and I was getting stronger and stronger, which then gave me more and more uh, confidence in the plan that we had in place for me. So at that point, I felt like everything was on track. And uh, I decided to register for my, fr- my first half marathon just to test it out. I hadn't done any real fast races in quite some time. And I decided just, you know, this would be a good marker to see if I'm where I'm at or if I'm not where I'm at. (laughs) So I registered for the Calgary half marathon in the springtime. And my target was, my, my A target was under 90 minutes, so under 130, but I wasn't sure. It could be a, an hour 45, I think I remember saying to you, or it could be two hours. I, I just really wasn't sure on how my knee would hold up. And so I ran the race, and in the first half of the race, I ran cautiously. And I hit that halfway point feeling really good, um, monitoring my body, monitoring my knee, just trying to make sure that I was 
fully in tune with how things were operating on race day. And I was able to uh, run the second half of that marathon just as fast, maybe even a little faster than the first half. And I reached my A goal of under 130. I think it was like 129. Mm. So I was feeling really, really good at that point. Yeah. Well, that that's fantastic, isn't it? So that'd be in May, uh, having started with, with me, I think in November, you'd got to a half marathon and not just a finish without, sounds like without any pain. Yeah, yeah, no, I felt good. I I kicked it hard at the end too, which again for the past year and a half there was that was that wasn't an option. There was no way I was gonna be able to yeah. finish fast and was able to run a little bit faster and pass a few people, which made me feel really good. Absolutely. And um yeah, I remember because I was at that race and uh you were so fast I didn't even catch you yes. at the finish line. You were finished and you'd gone home <laughs> before I even managed to get reach out to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right, right. You had run the 10 Well, I was supposed to. I, had to. I couldn't get my bib, so I ran it on my own, but not as part of the... <laughs> That's a whole other story. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, my God. But, um, so what was I going to say? So, okay, so how are you feeling after that, right? Like you've been through quite the journey that five months. How were you feeling about your running, yeah. having finished that race and finished fast, you know, without pain? Yeah. Oh, man, I was feeling excited. Um, it was real evidence at that point that the program I was on was working. Um, it made me realize that my only regret at that point is why did I wait so long to come to you to get on this program? Why did I try to, you know, self-diagnose and self-treat um, without any results? So there was a bit of that realization and it's learning for next time that I deal with an issue that you have, I mean, there's professionals out there for a reason. And when you find the right people, uh, you realize how quickly you can get back mm. on, back on track. So, man, I was excited and I was, uh, had a, had a runner's high, a, a prolonged runner's <laughs> high, and I was ready to keep training. I was ready to keep training and train harder, which was perfect because that was sort of the next season, which was like race season is mm. coming. Race season is here. And at that point, if you recall, that's when I was made aware that I'd been selected to run the, uh, to, in the, I've been selected in the lottery to run the Berlin Marathon in September. So that then became my main focus. And I just wanted to up my training and continue getting faster and stronger. So super excited at that point. <clears throat> I then picked uh, the races that I wanted to do and build up to the Berlin Marathon. And I had uh, I had chosen the, there was another half marathon in Calgary. It was the, the, the Stampede Half Marathon. And then uh, the Edmonton Marathon had a 10K in August. And then that would set me up to run the Berlin Marathon in, in September. So I was making yeah. plans. And that was something that, I hadn't done previously because I just didn't know where my body or my mind would be at. Mm, yeah. So definitely uh, a positive place following the, the Calgary Marathon. Yeah, I remember talking to you on the phone afterwards. I, I think it might have been that day. And just uh, the excitement in your voice talking about the rest of the year uh, stuck with me because I, I remember it was. And I think credit to you because, you know, there was like two months of 
barely running and in the gym three times a week. And like I said, you didn't, you're not a gym rat, you know, you didn't really want to go and do that, but you, you sort of decided that you were going to do what was necessary to get back to full training. And I think credit to you there for patience and, um, what's the word consistency to, to spend those two, three months yeah. building up and ready to start hitting training in a more, um, aggressive way. Well, yeah. And I needed to trust you. Um, I also needed to accept what I was doing wasn't mm. working. And that was the eye opening thing when you, <laughs> when you come to terms with that. And so how did training through the summer and in preparation for Berlin go? I would say it was the best training block I've had in two years. Awesome. To put it simply. Yeah. Uh, between the progress I had made in the previous four or five months and the newfound confidence that I had in the program, um, both strength training and running that you had me on, and this major race to look forward to, there really wasn't anything standing in my way. And again, for the first time in two years, I just felt like I could train in a way that I hadn't been able to. Injury wasn't preventing me from going out for my long runs, doing the prescribed speed work. And as a result, I was able to nail every workout. Mm. I, have a, I, have own, I have my own personal model, which is win the workout, mm. win the day. Yeah. And that's the goal. And if you do that over and over and over, those days turn into weeks. Those weeks turn into months. Those months turn into cycles. And that's what I experienced through the summer leading into the I'm workout. definitely going to steal that. I like that. Win the workout, win the day, and then just add them up. I like it. So in terms of that training block, we really weren't restricted by the knee, as I recall. I, I don't remember any significant flare-ups during that time when we were able to focus on just making your training slowly, progressively harder and more volume. Is that is that your recollection? Yeah, yeah, I would say following the Calgary Marathon in May, it really wasn't an issue at all. And that was actually, that motivated me to continue going to the gym. I think when you start to see progress, you start to wane a little bit on what got you there because, hey, my knee's not an issue, so why do I need to keep doing these workouts? Um, could I get away with stopping these workouts because I only have so much time in the day? I have, I have so much energy in the day and ultimately running is my goal, so let's just do the running portion. But I mean, that was one choice. The other choice was, hey, what we're doing is working. Let's just stay on that medicine and keep doing it and, um, you know, stay the course, as you say, trust the program. And, and that's what I chose mm -hmm. to do. So it's, it's maintaining the mindset that keep doing what mm -hmm. got you here. Don't, don't change things. And strength training was a major component of that and something that I hadn't incorporated in the past that I believe... <laughs> allowed me to run pain-free and run further and faster than I'd had. I had been training for two yeah. years. Yeah. Cause you had the, the tissues that could handle it. You had the muscles and tendons that could handle those stresses. So how did the race go Berlin? It's a loaded question for another podcast. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, I, I guess simply put the, it went the complete opposite of the New York city marathon. 
um, where the New York City Marathon was painful, um, um, mentally draining. The Berlin Marathon was was the opposite of that. It, I uh, I came into that race feeling confident that I had done the training to set me up for success. <clears throat> and then uh, for me, the biggest thing is, have I done the right preparation? Is my fitness where it needs to be? As long as those things are in, are, are in place, then, hey, we'll, we'll see what happens on the day. And because my fitness was, was at the highest level it's been for a long time, I was able to just run the race and like take in everything that makes the Berlin Marathon what it is. It's 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 one of the six majors in the world, and it's it's one of those for a reason. It's the amazing crowd support, the amazing scenery, the historic buildings, the landmarks. Uh, it felt like I was running back in time in in so many ways because there's so much history in the city, and uh, it was incredible. It was amazing. I mean, it wasn't the fastest marathon I've ran by any means, but it was the experience. And, and that was ultimately the reason why I wanted to train so hard for Berlin was to actually enjoy this once in a lifetime race that um, not many people get yeah. to experience. And, uh, you know, mission accomplished. It was uh, that, that I remember in talking to you and, in identifying what are my goals for the race, that was that was goal number one. Knowing the dreadful experience I had from New York, and and I do want to go back to New York, and and experience it in a way that I think it was meant to be. Um, so you know, fingers crossed, maybe I'll get there. Get is back that, there one day. So looking forward now, is that your plan, or do you? What are you thinking for next year now? Well. I'm not sure. I I had tried. So there's, as I mentioned, there's six marathons, uh, six world marathons. What is the term now? Now is escaping. Is me. it the majors? There's six world like marathon races. Six yeah. world majors. Yep, that's right. And so I've done four of them. I've done Boston, as I mentioned earlier. I've done New York. I've done Chicago, and now Berlin. There's two left in Tokyo and London. And so I've been trying to get into Tokyo, not not going to get into Tokyo this year. And I just uh, found out I didn't mm -hmm. get into London. So I'm going to reassess my options and, and look for something else in the spring. There's quite a few marathons around the world in Canada and the States that uh, I'm considering. But um, I do definitely want to run a race yep. in the spring. Just need to... Just need to figure it out. And then once I have that goal race figured out, then it's build the program uh, and train and that's the You're back to marathoning now. It sounds like it sounds like you haven't lost your love for that distance and it uh, it's unique challenges. Absolutely. That's awesome, man. Absolutely. That's awesome. And um, so like reflecting on it now, all now, you know, because that, that's a long period of time we're looking at just over a year since you started working with me, maybe, you know, a good year or year and a half before that with knee pain. Like, what are your reflections on the whole experience, uh, you know, for anyone else who might be going through this kind of thing? Yeah, I think the theme is going to come through pretty clearly in this conversation that how, how would I explain this? <clears throat> 
if something's not working, do something different. Um, I had toiled with this injury for over a year, trying to find the solution on my own, looking for those quick fixes. And that's not how it works. And, it, and it's never worked that way for running, right? It's, it's, it, it takes a lot of patience and a lot of effort to reach those goals. So to recover, to recover from injury should be no different. And so, you know, if you're not finding any solutions on your own, go see a professional. Go see, do your research, put your research not into diagnosing your injury <laughs> and looking for those solutions. Put your injury into finding a professional that has a track record of helping you get back to where. You know, for you, I found you quite quickly um, because there aren't many uh, physiotherapists in our area that focus on runners. And put your energy into finding mm. an expert. Yeah, yeah that, that's a good way of looking at it, right? If you're going to spend time researching and trying and to do things, put it into finding the person who has done it a million times rather than trying to put it into figuring out how to do it yourself. Yeah, and the last thing I'll say is there's a diagnosis for your injury. Don't feel like your body is so <laughs> unique and so different <laughs> that there there isn't a solution, you know? Um, again, uh, there's experts out there for a reason to find the solution. Once you find the solution, then you can, or sorry, once you find the problem, identify the problem, you can then work on the solution. But it starts with identifying the problem. I think that's a that's a lovely sentiment to end on, Chris. Thank you for sharing your story. I think this is going to resonate with a lot of runners who are either going through this or have been through this. And it's really lovely to hear with, you know, a little um, patience, dedication, and um, consistency, you're able to get all the way from, you know, not really able to run much at all and having a miserable experience at New York all the way to running Berlin without pain and, you know, feeling excited about your future marathoning. I think that's an inspiring story for people. And um, that's why I wanted to bring you on. And I just wanted to thank you for being willing to, to come on and share it with us. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for letting me share my story. And Thanks for all your help in getting me back to where I well, want to absolutely. be. Absolutely. Absolutely our pleasure, definitely. All right, I'll, st I'll stop the recording there. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, sounds good.